For some of you listening, living in an environment where war is a real threat is inconceivable. Until recently, I was just like you. When I was warned to stay home by my parents, aunts, random people, I did. But imagine in 2018, everyone around you is glued to their phones slash portable radios, listening intensely to election result details, being called by polling stations day after day, week after week. This has lasted for almost a month. (laughs) Ah, Godfather. I have to get on with my life. Well, (laughs) so I thought. While in town, an unofficial announcement blared out of the radio, declaring a new president. The supporters began jubilating and looting almost instantly. I was dumbfounded. (laughs) Wait, what's in there going? Although I was in slow-mo, my God wasn't, thank God. And within moments, transportation was chartered for us and I was rushed back to my residence. I tried to describe my anxiety in those moments because I know I need to talk about it. If for nothing else, for my own mental health. My first word is surreal. But then I just keep thinking about how Psalm 91 was in play, even though the devil was really busy trying to take control. In these moments of reflection, there are no tears. I fear that if I start crying, I may never stop to know what real fear feels like. That feeling is now a part of my human experience. The beauty of this episode is that I'm still here in Sierra Leone recording. I'm still here post elections and the transition of power to the new president is complete. Speaking with one of my dear friends about my thoughts regarding what is really bothering me about this whole election season, it was very therapeutic for me. I hope you find value in my perspective. The issue at hand that I see is divisiveness. Amongst all things, one of the things that everyone out of the country who either is directly or indirectly connected to Sierra Leone for the thought is about history repeating itself and there being a war. And so everyone is pushing for unity, unity, unity. The ones who are here are the ones who truly suffered because the war wasn't a hundred years ago. The war was about 20 years ago. And so many of those people 
are still alive and well if they survived or they were born during that particular time and so they lived through it many of them you know when they were born were probably either quite small or um, newborns and so they were displaced refugees for the first few years of their life until the war was officially declared over with and there was this notion of moving back home. And so when they came back home, they came back to an environment where there was like no electricity, um, or if there was electricity, it would come for like once every few months. And um, so people have lived in absolute poverty. Yeah. Okay and have seen things elevate, right? And so I believe deep down, because they remember the feelings, how things smelled, what they would wake up to or go to sleep to, and it's just extremely real for them, there is not a way that they will allow war to come back. Absolutely. And and be their reality. Because at the end of the day, they're the ones who are here. The issue, though, is the grudge, the feeling of being on the side of loss versus being on the side of, 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 of the winner, the winner and the loser. Everything is taken so personally here. Everything is extremely personal. And you want to encourage people and say, don't take it so personal. But you can't say that because people's entire livelihoods are at stake here with these elections. This is, this is not um, us versus them on some, um, when it comes to policies and, um, when it comes to ideologies and what may or may not then be put into law that could affect an ideological law or a bill. We're talking about how people eat every day. We're talking about the difference between whether or not you've started a project on building your home which you're building from scratch by hands, maybe your hands or the hands of people in your family who have the capacity to build a home and them having the resources, you all having the resources to complete the building of this home because of a job that you now have due to a relative who has some sort of position in government that is giving you like a contract so that you can just feed your family consistently and be a, a, a breadwinner, a, a provider for your home. And with the change of the guard, that opportunity to do all of that may be wiped away for at least five years. When we talk about elections in the US, we go to the polls, we vote our little vote, and we go 
on with our day of working, schooling, entrepreneuring, whatever it is that we do, we continue. And at that level, local level, even if you're doing midterm elections and, you know, the governors and the mayors and things of that nature, your entire life livelihood is not at all at stake. Right? Yeah, that's true. This is this is a very dramatic climate because so much is at stake. For the past, I would say, I don't know, 45 days, people truly are not earning income. Money is not flowing. Deals are on hold. Everything is after the elections, after the elections, after the elections. My own personal dealings with my tailor, seamstress, and the, the ability for her to complete a project in its entirety. The machine used to seal the, the, the um, seams within a particular garment was not done to the best quality that it should be done. And I, of course, I called her out and said, why is this like this? Well, the machine is broken. I said, the machine is broken, okay. Why aren't you guys just gonna get another one and fix it? This is something that is a part of the process. I'm not asking for anything extra. (laughs) And the response is, well, we can't get the machine till after the elections. Oh, man. I said, Thanks. I get it. What? Yeah, I get it. These market women are in the marketplaces, you know, beating pop covers, chanting either for the opposition, against the opposition, whatever the opposition is to them. You know, it's a very... Um, competitive um, environment and then the men it becomes combative and at the end of the day you have these people who are so emotional about who will get control and power and order but at the end of the day what benefit will you market women see what will affect you positively What will change your situation with this person coming into power? The only thing that the two of you may have in common is your tribe. That's right. There's not like a fund that exists where like every month money comes out of it and money is automatically poured into the accounts of people that hold the same tribe. That doesn't happen. Right. If it did then tribalism would make complete sense to me. But that doesn't exist. So if you have a direct connection with someone who has access to hold a government position, then yeah, it makes sense for you to rally. It makes sense for you to be very passionate Which is why we're used to seeing certain people, you know, rally and be deeply involved in politics. 
But when you have people who have no direct benefit, they will not directly benefit, be so passionate about it that they will physically fight and put themselves in physical compromising positions to be combative. Then you understand that there's a mental problem that exists. And so then the question is, how do you change the mentality? Especially when this is a mentality that has been taught to you since birth. This is like a birthright that they teach to you. It's almost, to me, it's, it's comparable to instilling racism into the mind of a white child. Because you're not born a racist. You're taught to be a racist. In the same capacity, you are taught to be a tribalist. And then I think about the people who have homes where one parent comes from one tribe and the other parent comes from another. Those homes, to me, was like true love. Because against the environment and what people know and how political this environment is these two people still looked at each other and allowed love to take hold despite but during elections many of these people forget what brought them together because their environment is telling them something else and so there are people literally who are they're in environments where they're not speaking, wives are moving out of the homes, I don't know if it's temporary or permanent, there's domestic violence, and these children are witnessing all of this. All of this because of tribalism. Maybe the husband is adamant on the wife voting a particular way and the wife is adamant on the wife voting a particular way. Not necessarily about tribalism at first, it's just about policies or politics or I just really like this candidate. I just like what they say, I like how they look, whatever the, the, the reasoning is. And because of that, it's, it brews divisiveness. If divisiveness is happening within the actual homes, we're not even talking about from home to home neighbors disagreeing. Within the homes, husbands and wives. What are the children going through? Where one husband belongs to one tribe and one and the wife belongs to another. I don't know how to change the mentality when it comes to tribalism. I literally don't know. The people who I believe understand how divisive and ridiculously um, backwards tribalism is are those who have gone into different spaces, meaning other countries, and faced what it means to be somewhere foreign and be in a, a predicament of struggle and then out of nowhere you see someone and you too realize that you both come from the same country and that is enough. Exactly. 
I don't know how. I don't know what the solution is. I literally don't know what the solution is that will reach the people whose ears and whose minds it needs to reach and change. I don't know. And I think that's what scares me the most because it's one thing to come now and witness how horrible in person, how horrible the mental state is of a people, of a nation. But they say knowing is only half the battle. That's right. So then what? Yeah. It's a collective thing, and I know, but but you have to understand that there are people there right now that are on the same wavelength as you, and that's what can bring relief because it's not just you. Majority of the people they might be asleep, like you said, mm. but there are people there that think like you, man, and that's going to help make everything thing better. It's going to change it. See, I see it with new eyes coming from your perspective and seeing how the people are acting and seeing what's going on and then that tribalism um, that has been instilled within the, the DNA of those people, man. And then um, here's here's to add the extra layer, the, the, the layer <laughs> of all layers for me. How do I take what I now know and still yeah. have the gall, the audacity to encourage people like yourself who are African-American diasporans to return when this is what is waiting for them. That's right. This poison, this poison, this sickening poison is what is here waiting. Yeah. What my teacher, master teacher told me and he taught me and it makes so much sense. He says... Do you know why you see so much disease out here? The disease is no more than just um, what he t- what he said was an imbalance and a distortion of something that is perfect. That's what disease is. And what he went on to say, he said, why you're seeing so much disease out here is because there has to be a healer. From all this happenings, what draws out from that is someone being able to heal. And this is why you see that happening. So with all this this, dismay and craziness over there in Africa right now, what it's going to draw out on this side of the world or inside of Africa itself will be a healer of the nations. Hmm. But the idea is to agitate something so much that order is brought out of it. Going back to the old Latin passage, chaos comes there's order so a healer is being prepared or is getting so fed up and shaken with everything and dismayed from all the craziness that they rise up with straight power and balance out everything (laughs) so is it happening is it coming I feel it and it's more than one person entourage of individuals on the spiritual plane 
and on this physical plane are, uh, that, that is going to bring about that change. And guess what's going to happen? It's going to be a unified change. So the African here in America and the African natively from that land direct will have to unite. That is the change of the God, is the union of the two. Hmm. The true change of the God, the real God. The unification has to happen. And I'm glad the ideology is there. So things need to be shaken up so much that change is happening. That's where the rebirth happens. That's where you get the concept of what? The phoenix. As she rises from the ashes. Reborn. With perfect strength. Perfect balance. Perfect divine love. Perfect order. So what you're seeing now is. Only prophecy. <laughs> it's prophetic. It truly is. I realize in so many aspects that the answer to all of this is unity, peace, and love. And it sounds so cliche and so, um, I don't even know what word to use, but it's the absolute truth. Absolutely. Because if, given how everything is currently working if instead action the typical action that is expected which is divisive behavior divisive um um divisive actions and activities if that is obstructed if there is an interference and the change of the guard brings about a change in heart in his heart and he does the unthinkable and instead of orchestrating negativity by laying off hundreds if not thousands of people because you lay off one you're essentially laying off a hundred that one person is probably affecting a hundred lives easily So if you instead reduce, even if you still have to make some changes, but you reduce the amount of people who you terminate from positions and and act with an accordance of using people or uh, hiring people based off of their qualifications, not off of their tribe. But their true commitment and dedication to the job and and whatnot. And you really do things with a clean heart. I don't care who or what tribe you're associated or affiliated with. You'll recognize that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, We'll recognize it real, man. No matter what side you're coming from. You're exactly right. You can be coming from whatever. 
Mm-hmm. So um, that would promote unity. That would promote grace, more grace, because if he acts in that capacity, others will also follow suit um, because your leader and how they make decisions here in particular, it's a trickle down effect. If he des- if he decides to do things differently from when what people are typically expecting him to do, he could change he could change the world. He could change the world through this elections. So I'm in prayer because that's God has a final say, obviously. And so we're just praying for physical peace. We're praying for peace within the hearts of all of the people. We're praying for the people who are feeling victorious to understand the reality of what that victory is and to be real about the reality. There's a need for mutual respect amongst the people here, meaning don't respect someone because of their position or power. Respect them because they're just your fellow human being. That's right. Yeah, the human beingness needs to be resurrected. Yeah. That is, yeah, that is coming from the animalistic territories of lower self. Whenever you hear lower self, that is the animalistic side of the human. I tell you what, though. I, I would, I'm at a point where I would argue that and not use the term animalistic because when i sit here and i watch these chickens interact they have a way in which they conduct themselves there is order and even when they do their little cockadoodle arguings and chasing of each other and things of that nature it has its boundary there's still some sort of semblance that exists in how they deal with each other. And at the end of the day, they all are gathered and they lay in the same environment at night. And life settles and it's quiet until the next morning and they rise again and they try for the day to get their food and bask in the sun and flock their feathers. There is a dynamic that I watch with them. There is a respect that exists between them. There's an order that is in place. And when any one of them arrives and they come, they go out of order, the others, they don't play games. They let that one know, no, 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 you're out of order. Or they all avoid that one bad, cocky chicken. And that chicken is the one that ends up going first because they misbehave and we are like, oh, no, 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 no. You've got to go. <laughs> I got you. So yeah. animals, even animals, even animals as basic as chickens have something in place that keeps things in order. And I'm not seeing that same level of structure, order, and courtesy amongst us as human beings. 
Things have got to change. Things have got to change. Things have got to change. It's not until it gets so agitated. That's when that's when it happens. That it's going to bring out of something just boom, you know, and that's going to be an exciting day. And it's happening. It's happening of small pockets all over this this uh, this planet, this plane. Those things are happening. And I know how you're feeling. is a lot of, over there, but like I said, it starts with you. It starts with how you think, how you interact with the, with the people, man. They see the genuine in you. They're going to be like, wow, there's truly hope now. I get it. And what's going to happen is it's going to trickle to them, and they're going to keep going. It's almost like you give them a a, a, piece, of your, a piece of light. Hmm. Piece of, you know, and it just keeps on going. And they carry that little light with them, and they see how that light really, truly works. That's what needs it starts with you like I said it starts with your community and the people in your community and you grow but the idea even what happens life still goes on yeah and if you can show that man with all this craziness going on and all this and what just happened with the elections but I'm still operating and doing what I'm doing what does that show perseverance interdependence because you're working together you don't need independence you need interdependence with your with your um your townspeople the people of that country the community if you have dependence that means you're not working together you're just solo everywhere you go so you gotta have interdependence true and that's what's gonna change the thing because those rules and regulations which aren't truly law those are just rules and regulations because laws are unchanging they don't change. Real, true laws don't change. Those are the laws of the universe. These are the things that we are sometimes looked at as governed as only a rule and regulation that are often changed. That they will begin to rise above that and break that structure to bring about purity when you have that unity and interdependence that we just talked about. Mm-hmm. Very powerful. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I was able to express that. And it's always interesting when it comes a time that it needs to be expressed because something has to happen or change for that. And I don't know if I told you this, but I asked my father, man, what the heck am I using this mathematical equation for? I don't get it. How can I use it? Mm. He says, the society that we lived live in has not advanced to the point where that expression will be used wow blew my mind I said so you have to get to a point where now you can express that particular knowledge point or that formula so that it can be used for a problem and solving that problem the idea is we need solutions so we need to use those particular formulas to bring about change and bring about those solutions. So I, I, I need, thank you for helping me be able to express that. I, it's in me. I think that I need I need you to come up with a formula, a mathematical formula, where it is equivalent to the statement, no wahala. Got you. 
Yeah. yeah. I can do that. I believe you can. I can do that. I am Gaima, and you've been listening to No Wahala, the podcast. I hope you are inspired to deepen your connection to Africa through the story shared by my guests and I, the African diasporans in Africa. Follow No Wahala on your favorite podcast streaming platform today. Comment, rate, and share. We could all learn from each other. For more, Visit us at IamGaima.com backslash no wahala.